Design thinking is just one type of thinking because there's also business thinking and engineering thinking. There's all sorts of different types of ways that we can think about problems and solutions. And this is just one type of thinking, but it's a type that works specifically well in certain circumstances. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson, and on behalf of the entire Good Egg Investments team, I wanted to welcome you to this episode of the Life and Money Show, the show where we talk about everything from investing to financial freedom to parenting, traveling, creating a life by design, and everything in between. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Susan Elliott, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the third and final piece in our series on life by design. Stick around. This is going to be packed full of insights and wisdom. And this is really the anchor of the whole life by design process. But first, Susan, how are you today? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. How about you? How are you this morning? I'm good. You know what I was thinking about was last night, my husband and I were just goofing around after the kids were in bed. And I asked this question, which a question that I had taken for granted all my life. But then we realized that neither of us knew the answer. So of course, we had to go to our trusted advisor, Google. But the question I asked was, how come when you spin around and you get dizzy, why do you get nauseous? Like Mm. evolutionarily, why would that be like a thing, right? When you get Mm. dizzy, why would your body try to make you throw up? Evacuate its contents. Yeah. Right. So we're then talking about like, if you're being chased by a tiger, then you're like, oh, but what of our like ancestral (laughs) history was spinning around in circles? Like what was bad for the gut about like being tossed around by an animal? Like maybe if I get rid of the contents of my stomach, that animal will run away. Right. It's just like a distraction. (laughs) (laughs) Look at the food over there. I know we were talking about that exact same thing. We were like, maybe the tiger would then be like, hmm. Maybe I'll just eat the contents that were expelled rather than eat the actual human. Annie, I don't know if you understand how great of a segue this random story is that you're telling right now. But my thought is like the (laughs) practice of taking something that's totally unknown and just thinking of ideas. Yeah. Just getting the practice of like generating new ideas. Well, why don't you take something you know nothing about Mm -hmm. and just like make up random ideas that could be the solution and then maybe go look it up if it's like you're looking for facts or something. But What a great process to just get your brain creatively thinking about like, in what situation would I have been spinning around in a circle as a hunter gatherer? So did you find the answer? What did Google say? We did. I was going to be mean and make people wait till the end of the episode. But no, I can tell you at least the prevailing theory. I mean, think about all the times that we get nauseous. Like I got a migraine not long ago and I was nauseous from this extreme pain. I remember when I was in labor with my first son. I was nauseous during that time. When you're thinking about skydiving, like things oh, yeah. that make you scared. You <gasps> Standing also at get, the edge of a right? jumping into a yeah. body of water from up yep. high. Yep. Yeah. Getting bad news. Sometimes people like when they hear really bad news, they get nauseous and they throw up. And so all of these are tied together in one really interesting way. And so here's what it is. You ready? It's going to be ready. Mind. Okay, so here's what it is, is that your brain in those instances, whether you're dizzy or you just got bad news or it's something you can't believe or you're scared of something, your brain is thinking, wait, this can't be right. 
your brain actually can't catch up. It's not processing. And so it's thinking something must be wrong. And so the evolutionary brain then says, okay, if something's this wrong, I must be poisoned. I must have ingested something that has poisoned me. That's crazy. So what do I do? Well, let's expel everything from the stomach. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's send the signal down. Stomach, get rid of everything. Let's make sure we're not poisoned first and foremost. Isn't that wild? That is wild. That like, (laughs) I think of it as jumping into a body of water. I remember standing at like a 30 foot cliff for the first time, you know, jumping into a lake in a pristine place, Instagram worthy, right? But your gut just says no. But my body thinks I'm being poisoned by those feelings of standing at that edge. That's crazy. And that it would cause that feeling to solve that right away. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. I, yes. I did the jump and it was fun. Yes. <laughs> Told my body it was okay. Maybe not safe, but it was okay. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. You can condition yourself because they've done studies on like skydivers, especially like in the military. Um, the first time they do it for hours before they're nauseous, they're nervous, they're sweating, they're mm-hmm. scared. Mm-hmm. And then for hours after, same reaction but they do it 20, 30, 50, 100 times. And by that time, they still get nervous, but only for the split second before they actually jump. An hour before, they're totally fine. And then after they land, five minutes later, totally fine. And so it's totally a conditionable thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh man, I just see so many ties to what we're about to talk about today and then the life by design process. So we'll keep on bringing up this like, the yes. nausea feeling and listening yeah, to it and it forming your right. insight yeah. into where to go next and yes. even flow state. We're going to talk a little bit about flow state mm-hmm. today. So I can see parallels to that too, where nausea might be on the brink of something that might be really wonderful too. So who knows? Yes. And really the concept, the part of the reason I wanted to bring it up was the concept of just asking questions, just constantly yeah. asking yeah. questions and thinking and being aware That's going to be a big piece of what we're talking about here today. But before we dive in, for the listener, just a couple of quick notes. One is if you haven't already, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear if you're getting value out of these episodes and what you'd like to hear about. And if you'd like to be our featured guest in an upcoming episode. So we'd love to hear from you. Go to goodegginvestments.com slash survey to fill out our podcast listener survey that we would love to hear from you. Second is this whole three-part series we've been talking about how to create a life by design. And in the first episode, we talked about creating your vision, really casting that vision for what you want your life by design to look like. And then in the last episode, we talked about the how, how to create those streams of income, how to achieve the five freedoms so that you can really truly live a life by design. Before we get into what we're getting into today, a big part of that is actually creating those passive streams of income. And a great way to do that, at least the way that has really worked for us, is through investing passively in real estate syndications, which are group investments. You get all the benefits of investing in real estate with none of the hassles of being a landlord. So if you haven't already, go on over to see our open investment opportunities at goodegginvestments.com slash deals. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. 
So Susan, we've got these two parts that we've talked about already. We've got the vision that we've talked about, and then we've got the hows. Well, what's next? Isn't that it? That's like, we're done, right? We crafted the vision. We created the passive income. That's a life by design, right? You're right. We figured it out. (laughs) Check the box. You know exactly where you need to go. So this next step and what we want to talk about here is really like the ongoing process of designing your life. So today we're going to talk about ways that you can take the ideas that you've generated, your vision, these kinds of maybe you've taken an audit of what during your day you enjoy doing, what brings you energy, what can you really find yourself focusing on and having fun with and how to take that information and use it to be able to test out new ideas and build your life by design, right? Today, we're going to talk a lot about, like I said, about the process. But first, I want us to go back to those two episodes that we just had. Again, you mentioned the first one was really building out that vision and just thinking about what could my life be like? What would I want my ideal day to look like? We also did talk about ways that you can start to reflect on that to be able to sit down and say, today, I really enjoyed this part of my work. I like being around this group of people. I enjoy doing these activities. This is all a little bit of just like your idea generation kind of fertilizer, right? It's not necessarily like it. <laughs> the, the ideas themselves. Yeah, the fertilizer <laughs> that you need to grow your yes. new ideas, your new idea garden here. And one concept I want to come back to with all of that is starting to discern when you might be experiencing a flow state. I think this word gets thrown around a lot and in this sort of like, oh, I'm totally in this flow, man. I'm, I mean, I come from an adventure sport background, especially whitewater kayaking, where we were literally like in the flow mm-hmm. of the river. But you very much had to, those moments when you're paddling, where you got into the flow state. So we're just supreme. And you can do this in work. You can do this in playing with your kids and cooking in all these different areas of your life once you understand kind of what it means. Um, so the flow state, there was a gentleman named Csikszentmihalyi, kind of a hard Hungarian name to pronounce there. I definitely looked it up. In 1990, if you can spell it, anybody listening, anybody. if you can spell it without looking it up. <laughs> no way. There's like, no you way. You would win any spelling bee. Anyway, go ahead. Perhaps. <laughs> Poor perhaps. kid in kindergarten. Um, he must have been like, oh, I can't spell my name. <laughs> well, maybe that's really common in his language. Maybe it's oh, like Michael. I'm true. not Hungarian. I don't come. So who knows? But not in our language. So uh, hopefully I pronounced that fairly well, at least didn't butcher it. But in 1990, he came out with the book Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. And this is kind of like the seminal text on flow state and what it means. A lot of research has been done around it. But this is essentially a state of mind, right? It's a mental state where you become completely immersed or absorbed in a task or activity. And you can say like, oh, yes, I was absorbed in this by knowing if like, did you lose track of time as you were in that state about anything going on kind of in the outside world? They say that you experience this kind of blend of focus and enjoyment and intrinsic motivation. Like you kind of just want to keep on exploring that and keep on doing it. And this occurs sometimes when we're challenged just enough to match our skill. So we're not over challenged. We're not in a discomfort place. We're not feeling out of control, but we're also like not just doing what we know how to do. Like it's not just rinse and repeat. You're kind of at this peak state of that. So that is what flow state is. So if you can look back on your kind of your day audit, what it is that you like to do, why did you put these ideas down in your ideal day scenario? 
And maybe it's because in the past you've experienced a flow state in there. So this can be a key for you to start to recognize like, oh, I really like that because of that unique combination of flow and enjoyment and losing track of time. And things are just like pleasant and easy, but a little bit challenging, not too easy that you're just losing track. You know, your mind is going off. So that's a good way to assess your vision for things that you might want to explore further. Yeah, it's a great way to get feedback because unless we're doing the thing, we don't know if we're going to be in that flow state. And so it's a great way to just notice and be aware. Are you losing time? Are you so absorbed in that thing that it's giving you energy rather than sucking your energy away? And then once you know that, it's like, okay, how can I clear the other things away and make more of this in my life? And that's really what yeah. we're here to talk about today is that process of iteration because life by design, we were just talking about this before we started recording, is life by design is not a destination. It's not a place. It's not like you check off a box and you're forevermore now living a life by design. It is a constant process of iteration because change is constant in life. And so your phase of life will change, your circumstances will change, maybe your geography will change, and the things that you want in life might change. And so you've got to be able to go with the flow, pun intended, (laughs) I guess, and be able to be aware of what's working for you right now at this point in your life and have the skills, the passive income, as well as the vision to be able to allow you to constantly be nimble and to flow with it. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So Annie, would you go into a little bit more, you have a lot of, a little bit more design background than I do in terms of what is design thinking And how is this a process? I think of this process instead of in the linear direction of like getting to a destination, getting to somewhere and you're taking these steps to reach a destination, you're really kind of on this feedback circle. So tell us what it is. So we've identified some elements that we want to explore a little bit more. We've done some ideation around what might bring us more flow, more fulfillment. What do I do next? What's that process? So the reason I love the design process so much the design thinking process. And Susan, you mentioned something really interesting before this conversation, which was around design thinking is just one type of thinking because there's also business thinking and engineering thinking and health Mm -hmm. thinking, medical thinking. You know, there's all sorts of different types of ways that we can think about problems and solutions Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and progress. And this is just one type of thinking, but it's a type that works specifically well in certain circumstances. And the reason that back in my design days, I learned this process and it works so well for design is because design is such a nebulous thing and it's ambiguous. And I still remember there were meetings where we'd sit around and people would talk about, oh, I think it should be like this. I think it should be like this. But everybody, even if they're describing it to the best of their ability with words, the vision that they have in their mind is completely different from the vision I have in my mind, hearing them say those exact same words. Right. And so this process of design was really about, okay, how can we come up with these ideas, but then as quickly as possible, put them into practice and test them out, see what's working, see what's not working. And then we iterate on that. And we, each time it's like a spiral getting closer and closer to the middle, but moving in an agile way. So we're never getting stuck at any one point in the process. 
I'm hearing the the theme of like collaborating with people here too. Oh yeah. So that's a good hot tip for you. If you're in this process of designing your life, get together with a couple of people you trust that, you know, and just like spitball ideas, throw, bounce them off of them. You might say, oh, I want to live the van life. And they might say, where would you go? How would you stay warm in the winter? What would you do? And you might think, oh, maybe I actually want to live the Airbnb life. Right. With a sweet van to go on weekend trips. There you go. Yeah. So I'm hearing radical collaboration in there. That's a big element of design thinking. Tell us more. Yeah. I'm so glad you pulled that out because having that network of people around you to ask those questions helps you get deeper into it. Um, But for those of you who may not be familiar, you can just Google design thinking process just so you have sort of a graphic in front of you. But there's five different steps to design thinking. We're not going to go over all of them in depth, but just so you have this framework in mind, a lot of it we've already covered, even though we haven't called it design thinking in particular in the previous two episodes. But basically the design thinking process, the five steps are first you empathize, then you define, ideate, prototype, and test. And those are very fancy words for basically trying to empathize and define. That was what we were talking about with visioning. You're creating this vision and you're like, okay, this is what I want. This is the awareness of what's not working in my life. And this is my definition of what I think might work. And ideate, that's the next step. Ideate and prototype, that's through creating the passive income streams, With each one, you're able to take a little bit more pressure off of your main income from your job and free up, whether it's more time or location freedom, create more freedom in your life. And the last step is to test, right? So you're testing it out, but you're also getting feedback in that process. So you're putting this into action. You're like, okay, I think I want to live in Europe for six weeks every summer. Great. Okay. So then you create the streams of passive income. You figure out the calendaring with your family and all the logistics, and then you go and you test it out. Now in Europe during those six weeks, maybe you're like, oh, I didn't think about this piece or the air conditioning or the cars, or I didn't think this is really stressful because the time zone difference with my work, I'm working remotely, but it's not working out for me. Okay. So here are the things that I love about what I'm doing right now. Here are the things I don't love so much. Okay. Now let me go back into the design thinking process because it's iterative. So then after test, you go right back to the beginning and you say, okay, what's working, what's not working and how can I continue to improve on this process? So it's a never ending process and you're always refining, always getting closer to what life by design means to you at that point in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that. So I'm hearing you say, when I have new ideas, I want to learn more about those ideas. So it's just asking more questions too. Who can I talk to to learn about this? Maybe someone who has done this in the past. And for instance, a resource here that I know you've brought up in the past is Jess, who is in episode 35 of this podcast, talking about the way that she traveled abroad with her family for the year. And maybe a big question in her mind was like, how are we going to pay for the lodging, the housing costs? That's a major expense when you're traveling, right? And so she actually found trusted house sitters where she could go and have this experience at someone's home, taking care of their animals, their gardens, their homes, and give that like added an extra layer of experience to the whole thing for her family. So asking questions like, how did other people do this? And 
that's a really easy kind of bit of action you can take on a day-to-day basis. Okay, I have this big dream. I'm going to answer this one little question about it. And then tomorrow, maybe another little question or next week, another little question. So you're taking even action on that. And then you're testing it out. So you brought up going abroad, seeing what that's like, seeing how it worked out to be able to test your idea of maybe living abroad for a whole year, take a smaller trip or just take a weekend trip with your family to figure it out and inform your next move, your next iteration of that process. You're looking at how you felt. Did you experience that flow state you were seeking in that and use that data, use that information to iterate new ideas and kind of come to the next step? Would that be a good summary? Yeah, that was beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I go back to what you pulled out earlier around the radical collaboration because you mentioned Jess and I didn't know about trusted house sitters before I met Jess. And then she had found this resource. So now it's part of my field, part of our collective field, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. we can have that in our toolbox as one other way that to get to whatever life by design means for us at that point. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to somebody the other day. um, They mentioned, and I think you knew about this before I was new to it, this service called boundless.life where they create these, it's like remote year, but with families. So you're co-working together with other families. They also set up educational experiences for your kids. It could be shorter or longer experiences all around the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to add this to my toolbox. I want this to be an option that we can explore down the road. But I didn't know that that was even a thing. But having multiple people in my sphere we're also looking for ways to create their life by design just expands the possibilities because everybody else is looking for ideas and tools and services as well. So we can share Mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah. I think too, I want to encourage people who maybe are like, who would I talk to? No one else in my life is having these thoughts about going outside the norm or the life by default. How do I do this? But Just by asking these questions of yourself and saying, thinking about them more, you're going to start to attract that into your life. You're going to start to meet people. Just the things that you talk about, you're going to get a little bit more courage to say, you know what, I'm kind of exploring like a year off. Like, wow, that's big. And maybe you're going to talk to someone who you've known forever and they might say, wow, I kind of have been thinking the same thing. So it will keep happening. Just keep exploring it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I can't wait to do the boundless life thing. It sounds like just kind of a done for you way to visit even certain locations. I think that they do them in sort of quarterly chunks. You sign up for three Mm -hmm. months at a location. And so you can sign up for a whole year and go to four different Mm -hmm. locations or maybe stay in one. I don't know. And they're adding new destinations. But the schooling is done for you, for your young kids. There's a co-work space. They have a cool apartment building that you live in. There's some activities, but still like you're immersed in the local culture, like Yes, please. Yeah. Sign me up. And the fact that you get to do it with a cohort of other families who are also on this journey and are thinking about life and travel in kind of the same way. Yeah. I think that part is super cool too. And my friend who was talking about this, they went to Portugal just this summer for four weeks. And their two kids were, I don't know if it was a camp or part of the regular school session, but they participated in that and it was based on the Finnish school system where it's project-based. So they loved it. And Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, I wouldn't have known about it had I not Mm -hmm. kind of put out the feelers and had people like this in my life. So I want to put out this question because a lot of times when we talk about life by design, I think people think, 
oh my gosh, this big sweeping grand vision. It's got to be like, I retire early and I travel for a year, or it's like I move across the country to be in my dream location. I buy this house that I've always wanted. And you and I have talked a lot about how life by design is not just this big sweeping thing, but it's also the moment to moment interactions that we have in our daily lives. And I know you've got some great examples of this, but share your thoughts on that and maybe share an example or two from your life. And that's great. In a recent talk I was listening to, they did bring up that the journey is not the destination. It's live in the journey. I've heard that a million times. I think we all have. And I mean, I've said it too to friends. It's like, and I just told myself, live in the journey, live in the journey. But even just using that metaphor says there's a destination. You're saying the word destination in there. So talking about that, like your destination is kind of right now. And it's like working on something that's better right now, not just this long-term vision. So the design process here is getting away from this, like I'm working towards this big future goal. And one way we're doing that, we're saying, well, how can I test out that goal out in small ways to see if it's even something I like, right? Like maybe living on the beach sounds great every day as all of Instagram wants us to believe for, you know, the fire community, no but anxieties, there's no depression, there's no yeah. stress, there's nothing on the beach, right? Nothing. Life must be You can't bring that to there. the beach. Yeah. No way. <laughs> But you realize that like, oh, I can't, I get sunburned so easy. I cannot spend that much time on the beach. But if you didn't test that, you might've been working towards this future scenario. And a lot of people hit retirement like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to work hard and hustle and then one day I'll retire. And then they don't know what to do in retirement. And I think a lot of people go through this life by design process in that transition because they all of a sudden realize, what do I do now? How do I design my retirement life to something that works for me? So I think that by taking on this idea of like iterating and testing ideas as you go, it's starting to whittle it down into more of a daily practice, more of a mindset and less of an action that you're taking to reach somewhere specifically, this designed life. This is life by design. I am living my life by design. I'm learning how to live more intentionally every day. Um, And if you can do that, I think that you're going to start to experience more joy every day than working towards an extreme joy scenario, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. One example I have of something that I've brought up recently is that I'm working on on like trying to create more joy around cooking in my life. My husband and I both love to cook. We have two young kids, a one and a five-year-old. So we don't often get to like experience the flow state while cooking, but we can. It's a very fun place for me to be in the kitchen. But I have experienced that and with my kids at home and without my partner there to support me. And why? And I noticed it's because my kids are playing independently in the other room and they have each other now, which helps out a lot. How old are your kids currently? Just so they can picture this. Yeah, I have a 20 month old, so one and a half year old and a five year old. Actually, she's almost six. She's definitely going on six for sure. And so my six-year-old can lead a lot. She can take care of the one-and-a-half-year-old. She's very kind and loving, and I'm so grateful. But they can also just scream and run around the house and get in fights, too. They're kids. But when I kind of, like, observed them, I said, when do I experience this really fun way of cooking while my kids are at home? So not just this ideal scenario of, like, no, my kid's out with someone else. How can I experience this on a regular basis? And I noticed it was because my kids were playing by themselves. Okay, so here's a question. How can I promote better independent play? my kids so that I can live this cook a little bit more easier, right? I get the meal out quicker. Everybody wins here. Everybody wins in this scenario. 
So I revamped our play space in a room that's closer to me so that they're not like off in the back room, but still wanting mommy to play with them. And I created bins that they could access more easy and just better kind of imagination play zones. And I found this great book called Reclaim Play that helped me out a lot there if anybody's interested in that. But anyways, I have found since I implemented that, that I'm able to like kind of sit back and get some things done around the house. Maybe it's cook a meal. Maybe it's just read a book. Maybe it's just do anything, right? And these smaller spaces. So I was able to take that idea, kind of ask myself questions. What can I do now to like test that out? And how can I tweak it going forward? So I'm like, this is a very small redesign, right? But it can lead to some like 15 minute chunks of joy in my life every day. And to me, that is more valuable than like extreme one day joy. I want 15 minutes of joy every day and not like a life that is promising Mm -hmm. joy one day. Yes. Yes. There's so many parts of that that I love around just, first of all, the awareness that, wait, there's an area of my life that's not optimized. And I know that it could be better because I've seen glimpses of Mm -hmm, where it mm -hmm. was better or what's possible here. I'm not currently at that place, but I know I can get there. Now, here are the pieces that aren't working. Okay, now let me source some ideas. Let me read some books, get some ideas from other people. How are they doing this? Okay, now I'm going to implement this idea, make these changes in my life. Let me sit back and see if that worked. Oh my gosh, they're playing in the room. I could be over here by myself. This is amazing. Will it work forever? Probably not. At some point, they'll be like, I can't get what I want, or this is too boring for me. And you'll have to iterate again. But it's this constant state of iteration and getting closer to that life by design. Mm -hmm, So I mm -hmm. love that you shared that example. And for the listener, I hope that what we've talked about here today gives you just some starting points. So, you know, we talked about crafting your vision. We talked about creating passive streams of income. And here today, we've talked about this constant process of iteration. So Mm -hmm. the mindset of iteration, of just getting in the practice of doing this regularly. Yeah. And so we urge you, if you haven't already, it's not life by design someday. You are right now living your life by design. And whether you find little pockets of your life currently to test new things out on to get closer to your ideal life, or you've got a big dream for travel or moving or a side hustle, that there are small things that you can probably try and implement and test out today to get you a little bit closer to that. So hopefully in this three-part series, you've gotten some great ideas and tools and tips about how to get started to get closer, even closer to your ideal life by design. We will have so much more for you in our next conversation. But for now, that's our show for today. So thank you so much for listening to the Life and Money Show, the show all about helping you to create a meaningful and intentional life by design. For show notes or to listen to previous episodes, go to lifeandmoneyshow.com. And for more information on how to invest with us to create passive income and build wealth for your family, go to goodegginvestments.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would subscribe 
Share this podcast with a friend and leave us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you incredible new conversations all about life and money. Till next time, remember that your financial journey is a lifelong adventure and we're here with you every step of the way. Susan, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.